Thank you so much for checking out New in Nashville. I'm Pacey, and I am with Matt Stell. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We were actually just talking before we started recording, which I kind of wish I got it. But <laughs> kind of to recap, um, you know, I was talking to you how the thing that I appreciate a lot about the country industry and country artists, because um, I actually have worked in a lot of formats like pop and hip hop and stuff like that, where when you're an up and coming artist, a lot of them are humble. But a lot of the other formats, when they become famous, they kind of don't stay humble. And the thing I love about country artists is that a lot of them actually do stay humble, which is very, very shocking and surprising, like someone like Keith Urban and Kenny Chesney. Now, I know you're about to work with Toby Keith. Mm -hmm. And have you met him? Uh, I think I, d- I did meet him briefly one time in Nashville, yeah. Okay, so like, how was that? Was Would you say he was humble? Because I haven't seen him in like a decade, I'm not going to lie. Well, I, you know, the only thing I can really speak to is, you know, he was he was really gracious to me and, and um, you know, just like, a, you know, meeting somebody that you've, you've looked up to for a long time, uh, you know, can, can always be a crapshoot. But, um, you know, in country music, uh, you just run into a lot of really good people. And, um, you know, that was no exception. For sure. So how so how like how quick of a of a meeting was it? Would you say? Well, it was brief. It was just like in a hallway or something, at, like backstage somewhere. Just just a couple minutes. So it's not like an extended uh, extended hang or anything, but just enough to hey, what's up? Right. Know, love so should have been a cowboy. Yeah. Has has country essentially been the only kind of music format you've been in touch with? Not necessarily been in, but like, have you met any like other people in pop or or hip hop or anything? Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure I have. You know, the lines kind of blur so much now between you know, kind of what's what. Um, you know, if you know, Americana is is I guess a you know a pretty close cousin in some ways of country music from the instrumentation. But um, a lot of those folks have have also been great that I've met. You know, I'm a big Jason Isbell fan, and I I uh, had the chance to spend some time with him. And and you know, in my world, that's like you know a big like like a, a big old famous guy. So. Um, but no, I mean I haven't rubbed shoulders that much with with a lot of right. outside of my format really. But like when, like with the meeting of Toby Keith, he probably didn't even have to stop and say hi, but he probably still like, yeah. stopped and had a conversation. A hundred percent. And you know, when, now that I'm on the the artist end of it, the way that I am now, uh, my day to day has changed so much that um, you know I really didn't understand the time demands that that people have, but. Um, you know, especially, you know, like right now, my my days are so regimented and where I've got to be and what time to be, which is great. But like for somebody like Toby Keith, you know, it's it's that, you know, exponentially, you know, more. So the fact that, you know, he found time to even even, you know, what do they say about like character is how you treat people that can't do anything for you. Right. And, and you know, it was like, you know, it was cool, man. You know, that's, he didn't have to do this. So. And that's the thing. It's funny because, you know, going back to the, the humbleness of, of country artists is, you know, I've actually, I'm really weird about what I observe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot of, I think it was Lady A where Hillary would just, just stopped and talked to like one of the janitors at sure. one of the concert venues. But even some of the pop artists, like they don't even give a crap about that. They barely give a crap about their co cohorts in the industry. You know, whereas mm-hmm. you have someone like Lady A talking to, to, to the janitors of the place, like, hey, yeah. how you doing, you know? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't really speak to that. You know, I haven't – you've obviously seen a lot more formats than I have uh, in terms of, like, seeing, like, the machinery behind it and things like that. Um, so I can really probably only speak to country music. But I know in country music you run into a whole lot uh, more good folks than you do. Yes. The opposite. So. For sure. So, Matt, Sell, <laughs> the, the thing that, that caught me was – 
Um, people obviously can't see because this is a podcast. You're six freaking seven foot. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, I've noticed that a lot of country artists at one point tried to be major league baseball players. There's a lot of that. A lot of football players too. But that was not you. No, no. I was. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty much built for like a handful of sports, and basketball being the only one that was available to me uh, growing up. And um, yeah, I mean that was my first love was was basketball. What college and did you play for? I played for Drury University, okay, in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, and it was it was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I've still a lifelong friends, lifelong experiences, close with coaching staff, and uh, and and still involved with with them quite a bit now. So it's uh, it was really a great experience. Would you say you were at all close to maybe being drafted? No, oh. no, no, no. I had my. Uh, my my hoop dreams at the NBA level were euthanized very early on, like by some uh, some some. I, I played just in particular. I played against Joe John. I, well, I played against LeBron a time or two. You did. Uh, yeah. You played against LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. Back when he was in college, or uh, well, before. I mean, he he went well, straight to the league. Yeah, but before he was in the league, yeah, in AAU and stuff. And um, that was young enough to where. I, you know, you think, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll grow and grow five inches and gain 60 pounds. Uh, but, uh, so, I mean, he was unbelievable, but when I was in college, um, Joe Johnson was, uh, still an all-star, uh, in the NBA. I saw Joe and, uh, I was playing against him in a, in a, uh, pro-am league in, in Little Rock, uh, kind of where I'm from. And yeah, I mean, it's just like the difference the, 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 I can't even explain the difference. It's like two different sports. He, he was like bigger than me, stronger than me, faster than me, more skilled than me, moved like a cat. I mean, I was just glad to be able to stay in front of him a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I knew, I knew then that I was like, I didn't have, I didn't have, um, perennial all star or, uh, roster, uh, talent. So, um, but luckily, uh, you know, music has always been a passion of mine and, and I transitioned into that pretty seamlessly and, and I just kind of jumped in just like I, uh, was about was a ball player. I was a singer songwriter, and I, I just kind of took with that and and just didn't want to do anything else. That, that actually brings me to my next question that I had for you was um, in your bio uh, on your website. It talks about how you taught yourself to play guitar, yeah, um, and sing in college, and then for some reason you used a fake name after back, basketball practice. Well, yeah. So uh, I was I. I mean, you know, looking back, it's funny, but like I, I started playing shows pretty soon after I could just like make a handful of chords, just learning in like tab websites, you know. And, and uh, anyway, I was playing at this bar, and um, they ran some radio ads, like, "Hey, you know, this guy's gonna play," and blah blah blah. And one of the boosters heard the ad and called my coach and was like, "You know, Matt's doing this," and coach was like, "Nope." So coach was like, "Hey, you can't do that anymore." And I was like, "Okay." So- <laughs> So I uh, so I just I played under a pseudonym, um, which what is was the pseudonym Paul Wayne Walker was the, <laughs> the pseudonym uh, at the time, and uh, so I, I did that. And um, luckily, you know, you I wasn't I wasn't like you know Lions never great, but I mean there was just no there was no turning back. Like there was no not playing. I was opening up for like. I think the one show in particular, I was opening up for Cross Canadian Ragweed at the time, which they were, you know, huge in the scene that I was in, and, right. and uh, I had a chance to open up for them, and so I was like, I'm not, I have to do this. Wait, so you would, you would literally leave from basketball practice, and then would you even have time to take a shower and then get to the, or like, oh, I, that yeah. sounds like a busy life. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it was, you know, and I mean, we traveled a lot, but I mean, when you're when you're in college, it's like, you know, my days are 
my days were revolving around class and basketball. And then, you know, unless we had a, even when we did have a game, I mean, I, I think one night I played after a game, but I mean, the game's, game's done by, let's say, nine. I mean, you know, you're 839, or if it's a Saturday game, it may be in the afternoon. So you've got all after, you've got all evening. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I think it's just a testament to if you love something, you're going to find a way. Yep. And so that yep. was kind of what happened. So would anyone come like come to the bars afterwards after a game and be like, "Didn't you just play? I thought that I thought you had a different name." Yeah, I mean, yeah, some some luckily luckily the kind of people that were like boosters, like th- those that sort of demographic was not coming to the snorty horse to watch <laughs> to, to watch uh, me open up for cross Canadian ragweed or open up for you know whoever at the time a uh, Jack Ingram, uh, but. Uh, I I was fortunate. You know, you're in college, and your your friends come and see you, and things like that. So that was a lot of fun, right? So, um, you know, speaking of school, though, you applied for and were accepted to, of all places, Harvard. <laughs> yeah, med pre med. So you go from from playing basketball to playing, and I don't know exactly the timeline, but you yeah. go from playing basketball to playing at bars, mm-hmm. and then you go to pre med Harvard. I mean, what the hell was your GPA in college? Well, I got, I mean, I got accepted. So, so basically, the timeline is this: like after I got done, because I didn't start playing until I was like a junior, and I didn't really start in college. I didn't start playing out until I was a senior. So when I graduated, I actually had the chance to go to grad school at the University of Arkansas, and so. Uh, I went there and I was getting my master's in communication. Um, but the time demands for that in music are quite different because, right. you know, I was a TA or a, yeah, I was a teaching assistant as well. So I would teach uh, the, the whatever freshman communication course and then I'd have my handful of classes and then, you know, my nights and weekends were pretty much open. So uh, I sort of transitioned into that and that's why I was still learning how to play because the learning curve was very steep and I was, you know, terrible i'm sure like i'm sure like every now and then, you know i had a lot to learn a lot and a lot to get better at so um finished my master's and then i hit the road playing music you know and and um finally i had you know a little success writing uh, songs in in um the kind of the texas world and i thought man if i can do it there maybe i can do it in nashville right and so i moved to nashville and uh you know had a few irons in the fire but man the wheels turned slow and you never know the score like you never know how close you are how far you are away from a break you know you just kind of have to keep grinding and and that's why um, you never really want to quit because exactly man you never know if like tomorrow is going to be that break that you're like oh crap i'm glad i i kept oh, going 100 yeah, percent. you know eric Pazley, i was playing a festival with him actually uh morgan hill not not too awful far from here uh, a couple weeks ago and um he said something on stage that that really put it in a really put it well he was like you know chase your dreams because you may not end up where you think you are but you'll end up somewhere pretty cool yeah you know, it stands to reason if you're following a passion and um, you know, that was kind of the case with, with, that was definitely the case with me. And I, I kept following it and, and, you know, the wheels are turning slow and you don't know where you are. And then, so, um, I go on this medical missions trip and work with, alongside doctors and, and pharmacists and things like that, um, in Haiti. And I was like, man, I was pretty blown away by what they could do for people. And, I bet. And so I got back, uh, my fiance and I went and, I mean, my girlfriend at the time, uh, went and, um, and when we got back, you know, I'm just kind of tossed around the idea. I was like, you know, man, maybe maybe this is something I want to do. Maybe I'll just always be a singer songwriter. Maybe, but maybe I'll just make music, you know, for side. me. Yeah, right. yeah, it won't be my primary focus. So I applied to this pre medical program because obviously I had a master's at that time. I'd been to a lot of school, but I needed you know my hard sciences and I needed something that could really get me into med school. And uh, so I applied to this program at Harvard, this post back program at their extension school, and I got in. And I was probably um, I was probably about 
six, eight weeks before I was going to pull up stakes and leave Nashville and move up to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy that actually, one of the writers on Pray For You, um, I met him and he offered me a publishing deal, which turned into a management deal, which turned into an EP with my single on it. And that turned into a record deal. Um, and here now I have a song on country radio and I got to play the Grand Ole Opry. And um, yeah, it's it's... No one's journey is ever the same. You, you find that very. I mean, that's that's the the thing that is the the truest is that nothing is no no path is the same. But um, that's why you can never compare yourself to any no, anyone really else's timeline. It doesn't it doesn't behoove you to do that, and it also it it doesn't work the way that you want it to. You know, you you want to you want to have a sense of urgency with what you're doing, but but you also if you want to have something different to say or, if, you know, the things that you're wanting to say uh, artistically, uh, I find for me have to come from a place that's not there. That helps me get the stuff done, the sense of urgency, but I kind of have to, you know, kind of had to evolve into who I was and figure out, you know, I'm not just a, you know, like a facsimile, a mashup of all the people I like. Like one of the biggest lessons I learned is like the, the, the people, the music that you like and the, and the artists that you like, are that you cannot draw a direct line between them and the kind of music you make. Right. Because you're just, you'll end up just, you know, being a, a copy of them. A, that, I, yeah. I was just going to be a, you know, like a, like a crappy copy of like Waylon Jen, I would hope, you know, or whatever, just a, <laughs> you know, bad copy. So like, I was a lesson that I had to learn. And so I was like, okay. And you know, you spend time, you hone your craft, man. You know, that's, 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 um, that's what I spend a lot of time doing when I'm not, uh, hanging out and and playing playing music live for folks. You know, I'm writing songs. So, so going back to uh, the Grand Ole Opry, you just said yeah. a bit ago that you yeah, did, that, you, that you played. Uh, was that pretty recent? Uh, fairly recent. It was in uh, it was at the end of uh, April. So, oh wow, um, that yeah. is so. It was this year? Was this, oh yeah, it was this year. Man, my life has as uh, I, I liken it to drinking a glass of ice water, and you, you're getting at the end of that glass, and you turn it up, and and the ice doesn't move, and then it all moves at once. <laughs> 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 and uh that's that's good yeah and so that's that's where I, the ice is moved all at once now and um it, which is a great feeling but that was one of the that was one of the big milestones you know i had um shoot just almost all i think maybe all of my family was there and i mean all of all of these loved ones and, and friends from from my hometown made the trip and uh, it was really really special yeah i mean because yeah. that's that's no small invitation man i mean you know i it's hard to overstate it uh in country music uh, how big you know the opry is and and you know i was fortunate enough to get to go on like a a tour of it and and um kind of learn about the instrument or like learn about why the opry is such an institution and the role it played in making nashville music city yeah uh i think a lot of underestimate i mean it's because of that station that that people congregated to the opry that really was the foundation of the music industry for a long time a country music industry for a long time and it remains you know there that day you know obviously we live in a world now where you can work from just about anywhere but um you know country music and not just country music a lot of music is made there and comes yeah. from there and is created there so it's uh it, and, and the grand old opry had a lot to do with that yeah that's awesome i'm sure that was like surreal for you oh, man all these pictures on the walls of all these heroes and quotes of people and but I mean, there's a, but they at one point every one of them started exactly there yeah, yeah. Be, having the dream of playing the the opry 100 percent. and they have a uh you know they have a dressing room that's for opry debuts you know, so everybody that makes your opera debut uses this one dressing room, and 
So you know, you know, you're you're in the same room as just everybody. You know that you like. You know everybody that you respect, and uh, and then they just treat you so well. Your friends and family so well in the band. Like the first night I, I played it was a Saturday, so I mean it was like. The weekday shows you get three songs, and you know the weekend shows you get two songs. You know, so oh wow! I was up there for you know eight ten minutes, and it and it, but still it was such a such a milestone. I bet. Yeah. So let's talk about. So your new single is "Prayed for You." Yeah. And so can you? Is that is that a personal song? Is that did you write it yourself? I did. So I wrote this song with two of my best friends in Nashville, um, Ash Bowers, who I mentioned earlier, who's pretty instrumental in in getting the ball rolling for me. Right. And. Um, so I wrote with him and, and our friend Allison Belts, and she came in with this idea because she had just met who turned who is now her husband uh, like a few days before a week before we met to write this song, and so she showed up with this title, and it was like um, you know didn't know you from Adam, you know more than I could fathom, but I prayed for you, and so we just sort of took that and ran with it, and um, you know I I like to think about songs in terms of writing about characters, and this character is a lot like me in this song in that he is. Uh, a lot luckier than he deserves in a lot of ways, and so do you. It's kind of like reading, like writing a book. Uh, I mean, a short story in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think of it, I think it's handier that way because you know a lot of my favorite songs. You know, Johnny Cash didn't shoot a man in Reno just to watch him die. You know, right. you know, right. but but that, <laughs> but that character's interesting and it's yeah. believable coming from him. And um, so I, I don't know. I just think about I think about songs in a similar way and. Um, so you know, I want to put it in a voice and in a character that I can, you know, that it makes sense of me, you know, being, I, I guess. We just started from there. It's like, this guy's way luckier than he deserves. And um, that was something I could really identify with. And in this case, it's about a relationship. Uh, it's about all of our relationships. We kind of drew off of those. and um, But really, you know, it's that, to go back to what we talked about before, the idea of the song is you just hang in there long enough to let good things happen and they might. And, and that's what's happened in my case professionally with relationships, everything. So, um, yeah, that's, that was really the genesis of the song. I love it. Can we hear it? Yeah, for sure. Perfect. For sure. Let's do it. Never been one to ask for help. I need a mountain mood moving myself. I ain't the church pew regular twice on Sunday Quote you the scripture kind I'm far from a preacher But I'm a believer Cause every single day before I knew your name I couldn't see your face but I prayed for you Every heartbreak trail and all hope failed On a highway to hell I prayed for you Kept my faith like that old King James said I'm supposed to. It's hard to imagine bigger than I could fathom. I didn't know you from Adam, but I prayed for you. Someone to love me like you. Graceful eyes that see me through A smile that steals me A heart that heals me A touch that kills me too Hey baby, you're perfect I guess the good Lord heard it 
Cause every single day before I knew your name I couldn't see your face but I prayed for you Every heartbreak trail and all home fail All on how in the hell I prayed for you I kept my faith like that old King James said I'm supposed to It's hard to imagine bigger than I could fathom I didn't know you from Adam But I prayed for you Every single day before I knew your name I couldn't see your face but I prayed for you Every daylight fade in the goodbye rain Girl, even today I prayed for you I kept my faith like that old King James said I'm supposed to It's hard to imagine bigger than I could fathom I didn't know you from Adam, but I prayed for you Every single day I prayed for you, baby Yes, I did I pray for you